times Hundreds of years Before the dawn of history Lived a strange race of people The Druids Enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. <laughs> Hello, druids and druidettes. It's time for the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror's annual Halloween special. You know, sometimes in a horror franchise, you get kind of bored of the whole premise being a guy with a knife, and he tries to stab you, and you try to get away from him, but you can't kill him. So you gotta switch it up a little bit. Sometimes, instead of that, you want it to be a plot to take over the world by crazed druids who want to turn all the kitties' faces into cucarachas, snakes, and scorpions. Right? That's the natural progression of things. I think you know where we're going with this. It's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. That's right. It's the triumphant return of Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis on a TV in the background. Hello and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror Happy Happy Halloween Special. Are, are, are you sitting in front of the, the podcast thing now? <laughs> Do you have your mask on? <laughs> I'm Chris Honeywell. I'm here with the other Chris, Chris Tyler. It's time. It's time. Time for the big giveaway. And I'm here with them Jack and Eddie boys also. We got Luke Jack and Eddie. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. There you go. And we've got Jason Jack and Eddie. Three more days till Halloween. 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 Three more days to Halloween. Silver Shamrock. And let me tell you, we're going to be... I'm gonna, When I edit this episode, I'm going to... Flog, flog, flog that that song. My one of my favorite songs of all time. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm one of those guys who goes on YouTube and I find the ten hour <laughs> The loop. The loop and just 
just play it for a while, you know? Just to just to get the blood pumping. Okay, dude, so the the but way back in the day, I don't remember how I mean it had to be before we had kids, but I, I, one of the things I got home when AMC used to show this movie over and over again, I called Luke's house when him and TJ were out working, and I just like we said and I would do it like it four more and I would do four more days till hollow just and I would try to remember dudes every day. And Kelly's like, you think they're getting mad? I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, did anybody see this movie in the theater? I, I saw it on HBO. I don't think anybody saw this movie in the theater. <laughs> no, I don't think literally no one went to see this in the theater. That's correct. This, the, the box art for this scared me too much as a kid with the face in the background of the skyline. I was like, nope. <laughs> Everybody I knew was just out because it was not a Michael Myers movie. They were just like, nope. He's I in the movie. I want to see this ripoff. Well, you know that that's that's kind of the funny thing is that you know the uh, Mustafa Akkad and uh, Deborah Hill, you know they they really thought that you know hey we did these two Michael Myers movies. They really thought that they could turn Halloween into an anthology, and that that was kind of the origin here was that they wanted to do a Halloween movie every year or so, not involve the shape, not involve Michael Myers, because they thought just the concept of a movie called Halloween was so powerful that they could do all sorts of these hits of Halloween stories. So that's how we got Season of the Witch. And I think it's funny because you said, as we said, no one went to see this movie in the theater. Very big commercial failure. Um, you know, made the box office. I mean, I mean, it made money because it was only two and a half million budget and made 14 million in the box office, but a huge right. drop off in box office uh, compared to the two that came before it. And so the series, of course, wound back around with uh, the return of Michael Myers several years after the fact. Mm. But and you know the, what I always thought was... The critics yeah. were not kind to it either. No, no, they really weren't. But the thing that I always thought was kind of funny is that, you know, the, some of the franchises did, in fact, go that route. You know, Silent Night, Deadly Night eventually became sort of an anthology after, you know, where, you know, each one is radically different than the one before it. The first two are kind of direct sequels. And the third one Garbage ties in. Garbage day! Garbage day. But the Sorry. starting with I had to throw starting it in. with the starting with the fourth one, they're just individual stories, you know. Um, the Hellraiser films, starting again with the fourth one, kind of got into this too, where to the point where starting with like Inferno, New Line was just buying scripts and sticking Cenobites in them. That's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you know, so so they, 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 there's some there was something to the concept. I just don't know that this was the right the right time for it necessarily. I'm a little surprised that Halloween hasn't gone that route. To be honest, here in the you know with some of the some of the the later stuff that they did, you know, for, I mean, uh, Nightmare stayed stayed true, Friday Thirteenth stayed true, and Halloween, except for this one, stayed true. But it, it always it's it's one of those ones that just kind of stands out because it's it's the oddball, it's the outlier, you know. I was uh, when when I finally caught this on HBO, I was like, I don't see what all the negative fuss was about. I was like, sort of into the idea of a of having a, a small budget Halloween franchise movie come out every year, sort of you know executive producer style of John Carpenter, but. You know a new you know a new guy because you know Carpenter knows some guy who's like in the effects department who he think would be a good director or something you know something like that here we'll give you the next Halloween movie and and you have to come up with creative concepts for each you know it's sort of what the Purge is doing you know in in a way you know not really continuous characters but just sort of 
a low budget purge movie every year, one a year, and almost made, even though it doesn't exist anymore, for the drive in or the grindhouse or whatever. And I think Season of the Witch just didn't ex exist in the time where that would have been acceptable, you know, where people would have. A small amount of people might have like under, been like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I want a, I want a nice, little, gory, you know, downbeat Halloween movie every year, you know, by the by the same people generally." But nah, it was just it was it was before its time. It even had a little bit of meta in it, you know. It was, yep. it was, it was a little meta before mm -hmm. its time, but you know. Yeah. I mean, God, I, you know, I could definitely see the the glaring flaws in this movie, but it, that makes it kind of fun. I I really like this movie. Me too. It's endearing. It... It's charming and in an evil sort of way. Oh yeah, this is really this is the only sequel that I really like in the Halloween franchise. Yeah, no, I I I I lost interest in in Michael Myers after Halloween two. I've seen, I saw the Rob Zombie, the first Rob Zombie movie, you know, remake, what you know, or or whatever, just out of interest. But you know, I mean, beyond and and actually, Halloween two didn't really do it for it was it was an okay movie, but it was just sort of like a redo on on Halloween one. So I was I was sort of ready for for something different. I was ready for some Celtic shenanigans <laughs> and. and and the the tiny people of Stonehenge. The the thing that's always kind of been the interesting thing to me about this film is that, like I said, it, it does lean heavily on the Celtic origins of Halloween on Samhain, you know. So, but it 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 mixes that in a very you know 1982 way with technology, and it starts right at the beginning with the opening uh, the opening credit sequence where it's the computer generated VGA jack o' lantern. So yeah. it is the the traditional supernatural, the jack o' lantern, but it's done with technology. It's done on a computer, digital, and that really, man. it's all digital, man. And uh, uh, so that is well, you know, it's like those guys who did the special effects for Tron. Remember, they cheated because they used a computer. But um, <laughs> according to the according to the Academy, but uh, so it's this idea that it's the mixing of the old and the new, which is kind of the driving theme of this film you know and I, I like that they they run that the entire way through basically and that really is the whole thing is the idea of the old ideas and the old ways coming back but doing them in a modern way using technology using you know uh, microchips and lasers and television broadcast in order to uh, you know Complete perform an ancient ritual. celtic blood ritual yeah. yes right i always <laughs> right. thought that that was pretty neat um, and, and, and I do like the, um, I said, just the use of that. The other thing I always thought was very, very funny in an eighties kind of retroactive way is that the plain boring white guys in plain boring suits are mindless, uh, killing automata. There's, there's some commentary on the eighties in there. I well, think the, the first, the <laughs> first guy touch. looks like a, the, the first guy looks like a psycho killer, Tucker Carlson. The, the the guy in the hospital. Oh, wait 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 a minute. So you're saying he looks like Tucker Carlson? Tucker Carlson's come to kill me. <laughs> oh, oh, Paul Newman's gonna have my legs broke. Well, that and that whole opening bit with that with that. I mean, they go almost ten minutes without any dialogue in that. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty cool too. I think it's it's a well constructed little sequence of well, them fighting the, in the in the junkyard and all that. Yeah. Well, you know the the gas station right that they use there. That's the same gas station from the fog. 
right? Oh. So funny. You know, Carpenter likes putting little things in here and there. You know, you kind of think that's in his movies. Well, Tom, but, and Tommy Lee Wallace was the editor on The Fog, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he was eventually, eventually married to, um, well, she was Nancy Loomis, at, I think, at this point, because she was still married to the other guy. But he eventually married her. Yeah. Which is, cause she, and she's from the Halloween movies, because she plays the ex-wife in this. Which is so funny because you're like, Tom Atkins is like old and like <laughs> she's playing a teenager like a year before. Like, you know, kind of just okay. No, no, she sounds like, kind of sounds like an old harpy in it for most of it. Well, she does. <laughs> she's mostly just the oh voice, God, the, the, the nagging voice <laughs> over the phone. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, she, she, I mean, she's a he's a doctor, right? Um, and she's bitching because he has to go back to the house. He's he's the only freaking doctor in that hospital. It's you know it's the same old it's the same old trope as the cop's wife. You know, it's yeah, just like, oh, know. you gotta go out and call. You married a cop. Yeah, yeah. She, um, yeah. Well, there there is another doctor because they said that the other doctor wasn't on yet, so they thought to call him. Remember, but we never see him, so he may as well not exist. He True. doesn't really exist. He's not really yeah. a doctor. Well, the, so, you know, but and, uh, granted, though, he is kind of a player. Oh yeah, grabbing asses. I mean, yeah. he he is on the phone with her. Like, look, I gotta do something, and he's got a six pack in the other hand, and he's getting in the car with her, just like, come on, let's go. With his weird, what's with the what's with the um? Didn't I learn in the movie um cruising that having handkerchiefs hanging out of your ass pocket is is like <laughs> special like gay Morse code. Maybe is it a handkerchief or is his shirt just not tucked in ever? I don't That's know. I... <laughs> no, he's got something hanging out of his ass pocket yeah, through the does, whole movie. But uh, he's. I know. He's... This is a very John Carpenter movie. He's a very John Carpenter <laughs> hero. The yep, storyline. You're kind of a beefy, doughy guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, a barrel-tested like doughy guy with a bit with a big head, with an oversized head, oversized <laughs> head, mustache, regular guy. Yeah, yeah, just sort of a throwback, throwback from the seven. It's just sort of this weird, like, um, J- John Carpenter version of like this is handsome guy. <laughs> This is Rugged Man. Rugged Rugged Man. And they all look like the guy who's a bouncer at a bar or something, you know. I mean, yeah, this <laughs> this guy looks like he should be racing cars and not like a doctor. But he's, you know, it's... I, I, what year did this movie come out? Like 83, 84? 82. 82. 82. Yeah. It feels very like 1977, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's very late <laughs> 70s, well, yeah, it does, you but know. The, but the tech technology is very clearly 1980s technology yes. and that's what places it you know that that's the thing the the phrase that i always like is that when you're when it's uh it's always better to be hip than than trendy because when you're trendy you're only 15 minutes away from being 15 minutes ago and yeah. that's very much this movie and there were a lot of films made in the first half of the 1980s that were trendy like this that included modern technology that is immediately outdated you know, and, it, and it's it, right now. Now we look at it, and it's kitched because you know we're we're thirty five years removed from it, so it's 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 moved beyond you know uh, passe to kitched, and uh, you know. But we compare this to films from like five years ago, where it's like, uh, oh, all I can do on my cell phone is make a phone call, you know. So it's like that. That's still in passe. That, that has, 
Yeah, this is definitely a pre-cell phone movie. He has to. He oh, has yeah. to oh my literally... god! Yes, with the, the amount of pay phones and stuff they use here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> sneaking and, around and trying you, to use the 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 desk phone at the hotel. And... You have to. Yeah, you have to really think about how you're going to get that phone call out. But what <laughs> I like, it's a lot like the old '70s paranoia movies, you know, and it's got like elements of all of it, sort of like. It's not really the government conspiracy, but it is the uh, like a corporate conspiracy. Uh, but it's also got the Children of the Corn, the uh, a little bit the, of the Fury, the Firestarter. You know, it's just got that sort of, you know, that set. Well, you know, Firestarter was in seventies, but that seventies paranoia vibe yeah. of just like, and you know, when you go in the town and everybody's just standing in the doorway staring out at you and. And every time somebody walks into frame, they go, BOOM! Yeah. <laughs> oh, the stings in this are great. Yes. Have, and they uh, are numerous. Uh, uh, they are numerous two, two, stings in this movie. Yes, they are numerous. Two, two things real quick. Talking about paranoia. The name of the town is Santa Mira, which, Jay, I'm sure you know this, is the name of the town in... Invasion of the Body Snatchers, only the, the one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So obviously the idea of people being snatched and replaced and building on the paranoia of that was well, the, intentional. And the, the end of it, the end is of really, it is is Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers, basically. Yeah. The, the 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 last bit of it, the last thing I want to say real quick about talking about the stingers. I don't know if any of you guys have seen this, but someone on YouTube has gone and taken all the scenes from the Wonder Years where Kevin has an internal monologue and is talking to himself. And they've edited that out and just put 80 synthesizer song in it. So it sounds like, you know, it's just when he's standing there looking around. So it's like <laughs> it's a horror movie now. It's great. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I haven't seen the that. Other, and one other thing about, about, uh, about you talking about the, the soundtrack and the, uh, the, the stingers. There's a bit at the in the back half of this which is so well realized because as we said, you know, the, the first two films exist as fictional films in this film. They, we, they are, there's commercials to watch the classic Halloween, you know, yeah. and then have the, the big giveaway after at nine o'clock. Well, at one point when, uh, you know, Dan, you know, Tom Atkins is, um, he, he, he's in there, they've, you know, Connell's got him tied up with the mask on. They got the television on. It's the, you know, the, the Halloween comes on. And it's yeah, the bit yes. with Laurie walking and looking at the house and stuff. And so now it is using John Carpenter's soundtrack from Halloween is a diegetic sense. It's music that's diegetic because the characters can hear it. But it's also non-diegetic because much like Wes Craven would do in Scream, they're using the soundtrack to Halloween as the soundtrack to the movie we're watching by having it be diegetic. So oh I yeah, that, and it know, fits we, right in because give, yeah. the soundtrack yeah, is perfect. like half John Carpenter anyway, you know. Right, and, it, and it's synth anyway. But it's 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 funny because you know I remember Craven getting a huge amount of hype and and promotion for thing. Look at this clever thing he did, and I was one of the ones saying it. But it's like, hey, Tommy Lee Wallace did this, you know, fifteen years earlier in yeah. Season of the Witch, and doesn't get any credit because Season of the Witch is just that stupid one without Michael Myers in it, right? So I did. There's a lot of little touches in them that hold up. Now, that said, there's also a plot hole that ruins the entire movie, which once you <laughs> realize it, you can't unrealize it. You know? <laughs> what would that you know, be? You watched it. You can't unwatch it. Of course, the, the problem with this is that now, again, for those for the benefits of those at home who may not have watched the film, you know, our, our villain, Connell Cochran, 
he gets all the kids to buy the silver shamrock masks and they put the masks on. They're going to watch the big giveaway at nine o'clock and they're going to send a signal through the silver shamrock commercial that's going to complete the ritual and summon all the nasty evil things that are going to kill the kid and anyone around them, right? Yeah. So they're in California and the giveaway is at nine o'clock. So are you telling me that this happened in Eastern, Central, and Mountain Time and no one noticed? Or is it at <laughs> 9 o'clock Pacific Time, which means that they're expecting kids to be up midnight. at midnight Eastern Time to be killed by this thing? So once you realize that, it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't work. <laughs> it might have just been a West Coast thing, man. He might have yeah, just yeah, needed yeah. the sacrifices. But they, show the kids, but they show the kids nationwide. That's right. You're they right. Do. Look, you're, you're re the whole thing is that people I, I, are, yeah. you know, people aren't thinking like that. You know? But as a kid, Jay, Jay, Jay knows this too. As a kid watching this on Channel 11, that never bothered me. It wasn't until, yeah. believe it or not, I, I actually found this film on VHS about 10 years ago. I, w I was I was first, um, actually it was 11 years ago. I just first moved up to Greenville. And there was a Hollywood video, I think, across the street, and they were clearing out all their VHS tapes. And I'm like, cha-ching. And I happened to find Season of the Witch. And so I bought it for like 50 cents or whatever. And, you know, I'm living by myself, so I'm just working through all the movies, right? And I watched Season of the Witch, and I'm like, wait a minute. Huh. And I'm like, well, and I said the same thing you did. I said, well, maybe it's just the West Coast. Maybe it's just California. I said, there's a lot of kids in California. Maybe, you know. In the 80s, maybe it's just a regional broadcast. And it's like, no, here's kids in New York. Here's kids in Illinois. Yeah. Here's kids in Phoenix. Well, that, like, that's, well, that, that's, that's one of the best scenes, I think, in the entire movie. I mean, I, I, I love this movie, but it's just, and I know a lot of people don't, but I do. I know you guys enjoy it too, but I was saying the scene where they're all trick or treating, like when the little kids are walking around and like they have the one with the, the silhouette of them walking and the witch and the, yeah. and the like, you know, that, I mean, I, I I have a shirt of that. I bought Kelly a shirt of that, just that silhouette kind of thing. They had done like um just like a stencil version of just the three the, the kids walking, right? When the when the sun's going down or whatever. Yeah, and it's all That's deep oranges always... and yellows. Yeah. It's such a classic scene right there. Like it looks the, like E. T. You know, it people... reminds me of E. T. Actually it's yes. before E. T. Yes. Yeah, but I'm saying, but it, it definitely it, it, it feels not to say out of place, but it really kind of it has that feel of like the thing. Yeah, let's just like ET, or even um, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like stuff in Close Encounters and things mm -hmm. like that. Like something like Spielberg would do. You know, what yes. I'm saying it doesn't feel like a Carpenter thing, because it's like because it feels like that Spielbergian kind of thing. And it just always struck me as being such a cool scene, um, because you know you know what's coming. Um, to me. I think it's always funny is when I found out what the original ending was um, and they didn't go with uh, the, the original ending, you know, he's yelling, stop, stop, you know, whatever. So did, did you ever, I'm assuming you guys not, no. heard or no. Okay. So when that happens, it then, you know, it cuts, right? At him, it cuts. And then as the, you know, they bring up a credit, there's no music. And you start hearing screams, children screaming oh. as they're dying. Right. Yikes. And the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> Right now, tell Just me that. Yikes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I love that ending, but I, gotta, I, I would like, totally have done that. Well, I gotta tell you, as soon as as soon as I saw the scene with the with the family in the room, I was just like, oh man, here we go, hero, dead <laughs> <Yes>. kid. <laughs> no, it's why why one of the reasons why I love this movie because yeah. <laughs> that kid's dead. That kid's dead. That he was obnoxious he too. Oh, yes, that's yeah. right. 
Yeah, but still, he didn't deserve that fate. No, no, that's what's awesome, though. But sort of, you were sort of hoping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it was. Everybody wanted to see what would actually happen, you know. We oh, sort of, yeah. We saw the misfire, but I wanted to see, you know. Oh, and I got to see. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, the, well uh, here's another the... plot hole, I think. When they were watching the... Okay. When they were watching the video of the people in the room in in the lab, wouldn't yeah. that just playing through that TV set off old Stonehenge too, you know? And, you know, whatever. I don't know. No, I guess there weren't any of the chips laying around, but... Yeah. It just seemed... It, it seemed dangerous yeah, to me he, that they have... Drops when, when, when Dan and... They're they're just sort of foolhardy with those chips. They're they're just sort of devil may care with those chips. I would be handling them a little more carefully. Of course, yeah. there's a lot of robots there, so you yeah, know, that's true. There's a lot of Tucker Carlson robots. So <laughs> there's there's a, there's a lot of robots right. that uh, might have orange juice inside of them. Uh, with pulp. It is. It's actually orange juice that comes out their mouth. Um, so yeah, I was just yes. looking for this real quick. Okay. Orange so, juice. Um. Yeah. So it says here, da, 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 da. Uh, originally the ending theme wasn't going to play during the credits. Instead, it was supposed to be the screens of a million children being murdered. Uh, Tommy Lee Wallace decided not to add this so the ending could be uh, ambiguous and add the possibility that they were saved. So Tommy Lee was thinking of the children uh, um, there. I was thinking uh, of the children, too. I wanted them all dead. Yeah. I'll tell you it's right now joke. how funny it was. But a could joke you imagine on the that children. He's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And it just cuts. And then you're like, and then the first credit comes up and there's nothing. And then it says like, and it starts saying like, you know, Tom Atkins as, you know, uh, you know, doctor or mustache ride or whatever, you know, <laughs> and it's like, and then you heard like, ah, ah, these screams till they get to be deafening. People, I mean, the, the seven people who saw it in the theater would have been terrified. And I would have, uh, I would have added, if I would have done it, I would have added the sound of like rattlesnake rattles and and, yeah, okay, and yeah, right, yeah, bugs yeah, flying and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the thing is, as bad as bad as the reviews for this movie were, and and again, Luke made a good point. It was what two and a half million made fourteen million. That's that's a great return on investment technically for your investment, but it had followed movies that had returned. Like, hey, let's make it for less than a yeah. million dollars. Hey, let's make hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Um, the book, the now, now I never had this book, and I don't know if you have it, Luke. Um, the actual novelization of the book, uh, which was published by Dennis uh, Eist, um, no, Eisen. No, Hang on, I'll, I'll go grab my copy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, but, it, but he put it out as Jack Martin, right? The book was such a bestseller; it actually was released, uh, re-released two years later, back in '84. Again, I've never seen it. Well, so, I've, uh, I've got a copy of it, but it's one of those discards with the cover ripped off it. Oh, uh, okay. So I don't. I wonder oh. what year my mine's. Oh, okay, mine's uh, uh, 1982 edition. So it's hmm. an original. Hey, but the thing is, think about that for for. Uh, for for the book to be a hit, I mean, I'm, again, I don't know if the book, how much of it was a novelization of the movie, so it should follow pretty closely. But the book was a real big hit, but the movie wasn't. Doesn't that seem weird? Like you know, kind of thing. Like, I mean, usually that does seem weird. Movies, 
Yeah, usually the movie can be, you know, a hit, and the book may not catch on, but it's very rare yeah. to be found <laughs> based on a movie novelization. Now, it's not like you're talking about a book like, you know, you can say, like, wow, that was a really bad adaptation of this book. Like, the, the, what's the novelization of the movie? I mean, it could have been, been worse. It could have been a picture book. Well, I think that book. was also something of the past, too, was movie novelizations actually being something people bought and read and were interested in, you know, more than today. I think it's collectors today that, that get them because it's just like, yeah, you yeah. just watch the movie <laughs> nowadays, you know. I mean, I, I still, certain movies, I still buy the books. Like, I, mean, I, I it, bought you, the, the Planet of the Apes, like, all the different, like, the new you ones. You still do. You still oh, and Iron Man. The first one was written by Peter David, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I don't, the second one was not written by Peter David, and you can see the quality drops yeah. off quite a bit on that. Actually, the thing you see now with the novelizations is people read them as audiobooks on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm I'm subscribed to that, that channel. Yeah, I, 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 I think you put that put me onto that, Chris, so... <laughs> it's it's a That's mixed cool. bag. Some people are better. Some people take it more seriously than others, and uh, and put a little more into it. Or uh, so, some people, there's a couple of them that I started listening to, and I was like, okay, this person totally wasn't prepared. They just sort of opened the book and started reading, and they're sort of fumbling <laughs> along. And I'm like, okay, you know. But I mean, where it's else? Like the first time I've ever seen it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They were just like, "Oh, I just got this at a, a, a thrift store. You know, this will be a good one." And they do. They like to pick. I'm waiting. I don't know if they have it. Actually, I gotta check. But I hear the Rocky Two novelization is the one is the one to uh, to read here. Slash, it's it's actually written by Sylvester Stallone from the point of view of Rocky. Hmm. And I and I guess you get it's, Sylvester Stallone to read it. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a, it's it's a, it's a hard to find one. It's it's in it's in popular demand, and it's hard to find anywhere. Speaking of popular demand, and I, I got to give Ellie a lot of credit in this movie because you know she meets up with Dan. They they go. They check out her dad's shop. They get the information. They they pack the one tiny little suitcase. And they go rolling on up into Santa Mira to go get to the bottom of this, right? Yeah. She thinks to bring a sexy nighty with her. Of course. It's the because 80s. she was so smitten with Dan's animal magnetism yeah. from the time that she <laughs> saw him. I have How could got you to pack this. I was like, I am yeah. going to ride that all night long. You know, that's so. And, and you know, kudos to uh, Tom Akins. You know, he goes right in, up in there. You know, he's not he's not messing around. You know, right there, all in the fame. There, good job, man. You know. <laughs> well, he's 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 he 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 ticks off the technicalities of being a gentleman. You know, he's just like, I'll go sleep in the car if it makes you feel uncomfortable, yeah. and that just he's just <laughs> he's just setting up her line to set up his line. But you know, he's giving her an out like a gentleman. He's he's not gonna just like. <laughs> well, but I mean, when they actually do get it on, is like right off the shoulder and right down going to business. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what we no, do. Right. And then the lady dies funny? next door. She's like, What's that? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> that's, I have boobs in my yeah, mouth. That's me so. too though. You know, yeah, wanna know, know what's funny is that Stacy Nilkin, who plays uh, Ellie, um, yeah. you know, she was you know who she was she was supposed to be, but they, they got it got cut. She was the sixth replicant in Blade Runner. Oh, really? She was supposed yes, she was supposed to be Mary, the one that the other one that was supposed to escape, the one that ends up getting killed off screen that we hear about at the beginning of the film. 
was supposed okay. to, she was supposed to, and she because she had done a, a test uh, for Pris, which obviously went to Daryl Hannah. Uh, but it's like it's like okay, she she was could have been in a classic, but did this one instead, so it worked out. Wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't you be depressed if you were an actress and they kept casting you as robots though? <laughs> Well, she's only a robot for a little bit in this movie. I know. We never even find out what happened to her either. Oh, we know what happened to her. <laughs> yeah. They ripped out her guts and turned her into a robot. <laughs> that yeah. is such a great swerve. It really is because, you know, we see her on the table and we assume, oh, she's on the table. She's still okay. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, Dan goes and saves her and they're making their getaway. And it's like they're spending way too much time looking at them driving. You know, that that's the first little tickler in the back of your brain that something's not right you know and uh yeah, yeah, yeah. like she goes all deadly friend on him right there <laughs> <laughs> just I, to yeah. kill anybody with basketball but you know i can't help but wonder you know you, you sort of reminded me would say she could have been in like a ridley scott movie what would this movie have been if Say David Cronenberg directed it. Oh Jesus! He could real. This is like this is like a day. It this could be the like David Cronenberg, um, John Carpenter hybrid from hell. It's got everything for for Cronenberg. You know, paranoid conspiracy and faces turning into bugs. Yeah, that the yeah. The, the sequence of and, the and, woman and in the room boring. fiddling with the with the chip and then getting her face blown off is really neat in this movie. But I was sitting there going like, man, imagine if Cronenberg did that. But what made me think that was when the bee crawls out of her, man, that bee yeah. looked creepy. They like yeah. sprayed a little slime on it or something, and it it just was kind of like. It was a good B actor, you know. It was very self possessed. <laughs> it, it just strutted right out of there yeah. like it was Kinda a B from like hell. Atkins, you know. <laughs> yeah. is, you know, the director was just like, "You're you're from hell, and you're a badass yeah. B. When you come out of there, you know, you're not just a regular B like walking out. You're from hell, and <laughs> that B just yeah, he nailed it, or she. Yeah, yeah. he or she. It was, it was hard because he had to break the typecasting. You know, he would have been playing. Uh, it's like Dennis Leary when he got typecast after Joy Luck Club, couldn't get a job yeah. doing. Well, anything that's else. the thing. I mean, that's what the that's what well, the all the the bugs Asian. the bug actors union always complains about is they're always in satanic movies. You know, <laughs> they're always playing. They're always playing. You know, some sort of hell hell spawn. Well, you know, it could be like it could be like frogs, where you know they they get their revenge by simply hopping away. Never. Well, they got you know they got their romantic <laughs> they lead did, in though. they got their romantic lead in the fly. They should be happy. Yeah, the fly, and then they had you know uh, what Joe's apartment, right? Joe's what, apartment. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Actually, you know Joe's apartment was the Wizard of Oz for bugs. Yes. <laughs> I want to meet the bug equivalent of Billy Barty then. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Bitey. Uh, He's Billy a flea. <laughs> you know, talking about, oh, oh man, you know, just real quick, talking about frogs, you know, a couple of weeks ago, as we're recording this, my wife and I, we were down in Florida, and we went to um, Black Bear Wilderness Area, which is in central Florida. It's a little bit north of Orlando, and it's this huge nature preserve, and it's on a swamp right next to, I think, the St. James River, and there, it's just nonstop croaking is all you hear when certain parts of this because there's so many frogs right 
I mean, I literally stepped on one without even realizing. I was like, good thing I didn't I didn't step all the way. I'd have crushed them, you know. And all I could think the entire time we're walking through with all these frogs, I was like, I wonder how many of these frogs are the spawn of the frogs from frogs. From frogs, which, right, exactly. Which was shot up at Silver Spring, which is like half an hour from where we were standing. So. Yeah. <laughs> and they all escaped because they didn't they wrangle them. Away. They just kept hopping they away. Hopped away. It's like they're not fast. Gotta have guys. a good wrangler. Well, Kermit hey, walked but, off the set after the whole yeah, thing. Right. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> so, um, the other thing that's interesting the, you know, about this film is, you know, one thing about the first two films is that they take clearly take place in Illinois, even though they were shot in California. Um, yes. Whereas this one is shot in California and takes place in California. Uh. So visually, the outside and the, the exterior shots look a lot different. It does a good job yeah. of looking visually very different from the first first two films which i think is a again a nice touch if you're trying to play up this idea of halloween being an anthology visually it looks very different from the first two films now it's not as well shot obviously as halloween but you know to me i mean wallace does a better job of shooting this than than uh what was it rick rosenthal directed halloween 2 and halloween 2 is good but it's fairly pedestrian from the way it's shot you know uh the one thing one one note i made here is when Dan is scrambling around outside of his cabin or even earlier when they come to take Marge away, the use of light and shadow uh, in the, the exterior shots is fantastic in this because even though obviously they have to have some kind of lighting, there's so much shadow. It looks really naturalistic. You know, when he's staggering around and he's hiding from the different, uh, you know, uh, suit guys running around and stuff and driving their, their, you know, nondescript, you know, midsize sedans, uh, and, he, and he goes into the shadow. He he's pretty much disappeared from what we can see, you know. So I think again, it, it's a good use of it, and visually, it's, it's it's interesting to look at, which is, you know, that that's one of the things. There were so many horror movies, especially in the early '80s, that they're just amateurish, you know, because everybody was getting in on the um, getting into the game, so to speak. And there was a lot of guys that probably were shooting movies they had no business shooting from a technical standpoint. <laughs> You know, Wallace does a does a good job of shooting this, and it, it looks good. It looks it looks like it costs more than two and a half million in some places. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes it does, and it does a lot with the sets and with the uh, locations that they have. Yeah, it's got it's got it's definitely like sort of like John Carpenter house style, and it's got little. He, you could tell he was he was thinking about this movie, and it's got some style to it and little touches like. In the very beginning, when uh, Chalice comes into his house, and he's got his jacket pulled up over his head, so it looks like he's headless, and sort of just like stumbles <laughs> in. It. That's a nice, you know, that's just a nice little, you know, for, foreshadowing. There's some heads coming off in this movie. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And but I also am going to give this. Can we talk about them ripping the guy's skull apart. Yeah. That's a that's that's a pretty like sort of like as you said earlier you used the word pedestrian shot right up until the end when he pulls like the bridge of his nose up like crack and it's like yeah that's that's pretty that's pretty gruesome. Yeah. Right. He's gouging him in his face and he's got him he's got and he's going to grab in inside his eye sockets grab the the the, uh, the inside part of your skull bone and you rip it out. Like not the whole skull, just that part. Yeah, that's insane. That's what you, need. you know. Uh, and then I also, wipe it I also on the love, curtains. 
Right, yeah, that's what I was going to say. And he wipes his hand on the curtains. I was like, damn. That's odd programming for that robot. I always wondered why the robot would even care, you know? It's especially a robot. He, especially since he, 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 engulfed, he, he pours the gasoline over himself and burns himself alive or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. Technically, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the immolation afterwards. Like, what, why'd you wipe your hands off? Maybe so he was, his, his gloves weren't slippery, so he didn't slip with the gas or something. <laughs> I don't know. Just you, you know, it's look. It, it was it was Gavin O'Hurley who designed these guys, and he's a smooth guy. He wanted his robots to be smooth. I I <laughs> I I like that he's like, yes, I'm completing this pagan ritual, but you sort of can't tell if he's actually really more excited about it just because it's going to be the ultimate gag. I'm kids. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. turn kids. What a better joke to murder a million kids. The joke will be <laughs> on the children. Although yes. I gotta say, I was also annoyed enough at his wife that I kind of wanted his kids to get their heads turned into bugs, just so <laughs> she. I would wanted know. every kid's head to get turned into bugs. <laughs> Judging by the end of the movie, the way I take it, uh, yeah, most of them did. The well, the thing is this, you know, you know those the the, the the skull of the witch and the jack lantern have obviously become very famous because of that. So what they did was they took the original molds they used for those, and they made. And Don Post has been putting those masks out forever. Those are like, I mean, I know they're like you, know, you, you don't see that all the time. It's just like whatever, but they, they become iconic because of their, they're just simple masks. It's not like they're something elaborate, you know, uh, crazy mask. But it's just the idea that they uh, they put the when he when he brings the two shitty masks to the house originally in the beginning. Like mom already bought us masks. Like, oh, thanks, weekend dad. You know, kind of thing. And they put them on the commercial. They put them for the commercial. I'm like, oh god, because I'm thinking like I know people like that. You know, kind of thing. Kids like Halloween. I like Halloween. I, you know, well, I, right. You know, what I'm saying is, but it's during the commercial you put it on. Like, yeah, oh, that's kind of, yeah. Well, it was gro grooming the children. You know, <laughs> don't forget. You know, put your masks on and stay tuned. Yeah. What if you're that one kid who's like, you know, come on, guys, my button fell off. That's not, all right, I'll put my mask on. And everyone starts dying. The kid's like, what the hell is going on? Gets their candy. It doesn't happen to him. Right, but, but now it's like, what? Oh, God, there's snakes coming out of those bad places. You know, it's like, I like how the, like, when the kid's getting in the, in the room, how it's like kind of melting his head. Like, he's yeah. just like, that was very interesting there, Jack. What? I was like, your kid turned into Jerry Lewis for a minute there. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was like, ah, oh, you know, he's like, he's grabbing his face, is melting, and it's because it's like, it's all With like the he, bugs and the melting. Face. Yeah, well, but it's it's like it's like his his head turned to gelatin, and he's like trying to re-sculpt it back into something, you know, before like, oh god, and they're just obliviously, what's going on? And he's just keeling over, you know. Uh, I mean, dead. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Snakes crawling out. Mm. Good stuff. I had something else here, real quick. Um, uh, oh, so the voice uh, of the operator that uh, that Callus keeps getting when he tries to call out of Santa Mira is Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, another Halloween tie-in right yep. there. It's she, the same ooh. voice that does the um, the computer the beginning in the thing. to Escape from New oh. York, right? Yeah. No, no, no. The 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 no the the computer from the thing. Um, but was uh, Adrian Barbeau. Yeah. And then wasn't that also the uh, 
wasn't that also the in, in Escape from New York? Isn't it's not Adrian Barbeau, is it? No. The, the right. beginning, you know, the in two thousand in nineteen ninety seven, blah blah blah. That yeah. that's this narration at the beginning of that. I think that's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't I don't think that was because Adrian Barbeau is in two thousand eight. Uh, um, Escape from New York. Excuse me. Yeah. And so so she wouldn't be doing the voiceover. Exactly. Yeah. But again, he uh, Carpenter had who he wanted to use, and he likes using the same people, you know, kind of thing. Well, that's that's um, why I sort of that's why I was sort of hoping it would go into the into the different movie type of thing because you could still use like a sort of repertory to do that, you know. I mean, it's what American Horror Story does every year. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I guess so. we like that now. Well, we wait, didn't was... know we liked this. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, the they they had the tagline in the movie. Was, <laughs> the the tagline in the movie was the the night that nobody comes home. Nobody comes home. The play on you know obviously the original you know the night where uh, he comes night home. He came home. More of the night yeah. he came home. Yeah. I, I, and get to number four. It's like ah uh, he's coming home again. Uh, Even more now. You, you know why you're coming to these pictures. Yeah, the one with the one Buster Rhymes like, are you kidding? You know why you're here, you know. Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, let's what, not talk about that one right what now. What about a Michael Myers <laughs> Home Alone movie? <gasps> the night he came <sighs> home alone. Yeah, we left Kevin home alone, and he's only thirty-five. Ah, uh, that's from the the critic, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stinks. Uh, yeah, that's the critic. Yeah. So. I'm also going to nominate. <laughs> The title at the beginning of at the movie is um, one of the most unnecessary movie titles ever put up on a screen, and that was the one that said "One Hour Later." Yeah, when he shows up at the gas station, it's like, do do we really have? To, it, we know just by movie language that it's later. Do we really? Is it necessary to know that it's an hour later? And I was like, way better. Forty-seven minutes later. Right. You know, exactly. <laughs> But it's like, and, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this a few minutes to see if this movie's going exactly hour, you know, like 24 or something, like on the hour or whatever. But it's it's not. There's no reason that you need to know that it's an hour later. You know it's later. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's clearly not now. What is it? Then. Yeah, the, la- the, the, the language of cinema says sometime later, you know, this guy yes. stumbles into a gas station. It's 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 obvious, but... I think they're just trying the to build rain. a serious I swear that movie. was it. <laughs> I, I, I guess they could have done like like a like a white fade, and we would have understood maybe time if time had passed. But you know, <laughs> you know, you get that sometimes, like in like. Uh, well, it's not even important to know that time had passed, it, even if the gas station was just yeah, down the irrelevant. street from the the, you know, the right. dump. So. Yeah. Yeah. It could all they could all be next to each other for all you freaking care. Yeah. You know? I, I remember when I was a kid, we thought the scene where the guy got crushed between two cars was pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. It's that slow, that slow roll. Yeah. And then crunch. And you're like, yeah. you're and you're like, wow, that guy was really stupid not to get out of the way. And then you know you figure it out later on that it actually makes sense. But yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice crunch. It's not really very gory, but it's just one of those things that you kind of feel it when you see it. So I I like those. Yeah, I mean, it's not a super gory movie overall. No, but, you know, when they have to pull a head off, they'll do it, you know. Oh, yeah. And just chuck it, you know, so. As you do. 
And that was yeah. that that guy was like one of the least drunk Irish drunks in a town full of Irish people, you know. He's he's <laughs> the town drunk and he was like, well, he's Irish too though. He was he was holding strong. There was no slur to his voice or anything. He was not yet. <laughs> not yet, right. It was still early. That's true. His hands were kind of shaking too, so but it's like it, it's funny. It's like, well, I guess it's now's the time to behead the local drunk <laughs> just because because he's been because. talking he's talking that shit about firebombing the, yeah. the toy the, the toy factory no more novelties for this town yeah, yeah. but I, <laughs> I i like the bad guy i think he chewed the scenery just the right amount i think they just, had just yeah. enough of him and he was uh, like you kind of like to have more of him because he's really fun, but I think they gave you just enough of him, and he was always just like he was well written because he would just fill things in for your imagination. You know, like uh, oh, we got Stonehenge back here. You wouldn't believe what we had <laughs> yeah. to do to do that, and yeah. just left it. You know, leave it hanging at that. You know, Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he's great every time he shows up in a movie. Yeah. I mean, RoboCop, Last Starfighter, this, yeah. other just, stuff. Probably. I mean, just bringing him in for this role in, in, in this movie and it, telling him, okay, here's this, this you're a, you're an Irish toy maker oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who's going to turn all the kids into bugs. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. I'll and his little, it. Uh, his little touche clap when he yeah. knows the jig is up. Is great. Yes, that's that's what that's why I love him because he goes out happy. <laughs> he he still his plan is still in effect, but he goes out on a practical joke and he acknowledges it and is like, "I'm gonna enjoy this anyway," you know, or at least appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a lot of nice little touches to this movie. It's it's just you know I. I don't know much about the history of the director, but I just have a feeling it probably wasn't, it was probably one of his first movies, if not his first movie, you know, it was, uh, it had that, that sort of feel to it. But I mean, the guy had some, there's, there's some personality in this granted. Yeah, it's a, a lot of the personality is sort of like trying to be like John Carpenter personality, but that works really well for this kind of movie. You can see a lot of like, parallels to like they live and stuff like that you know the girlfriend going bad at the end and yeah and uh one barrel chested guy against the world <laughs> so i mean how many times all right so that he was in the fog he was in this he's in prince of darkness i mean so clearly there was definitely a bromance between carpenter and atkins yes well you know the thing is uh deborah hill uh, she really liked Tom Atkins, and uh, she I mean, she's the one who suggested him here. And Deborah Hill's a very, uh, you know, she worked together with Carpenter a lot as a producer and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, but it's like it's like anything else. Once you work with somebody, you kind of know how things work. If they, if it's easy to work with them and they can fill it, you, know, you kind of just want to keep the people around, make it easier enough to get the movie shot. Especially since you're not shooting with the highest budgets at all. It's not like you can go get, you know. You got guys who are, you know, he's a good actor. He can do his job. Okay, great. Let's get him out of here. Do it again. Hey, what can we put him in this time? Well, he's a little goofy and has a big head. But, like, I mean, if you're in a John Carpenter movie and you're the hero, (laughs) you have to to be – 
you have to your action has to be a certain visual way you know what I mean so I imagine mm-hmm. when he gets people who who look the way he wants them to and and you know because there's always that sort of you know personality with most a lot of John Carpenter heroes of you know they're a nice guy but they're also kind of a player but they're you know they're 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 sort of a they're they're kind of a generic hero but they're a little lumpy around the edges and yeah they're not in the middle but but when they but they also are not bumblers when they go to do their thing They go, they think it through, and then they go do it, so, and they go action star. So, you know, he they're, needed a guy. He needed a guy who looks good, like creeping around a building, and then like rip up the wall and into the in through the window. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is one of the things I wanted to throw in real quick. So, season of the witch, obviously the title uh, here, uh, was the working title for Scorsese's Mean Streets in '73. Um. I'm not kidding. It's what it was. It was Season of the Witch was the working title for Mean Street. Sometimes they put crap titles on them. And it was so a, it and just, it was a George know. Romero movie, which yeah, was well, also was sometimes yeah, was, titled Hungry Wives. Yeah, oh. from 1972. Um, obviously, there was a Season of the Witch 2011, the Nicolas Cage joint, um, and it's a song. Uh, where is it here? It's, it's the name of a song by Donovan, and the you know obviously. Um, but so saying a season of which to me, you know, obviously as a kid, I never saw Romero's season of the witch until later. Was always like, oh, this is season of the witch. You know, it's just like the name of the movie, you know, kind of thing. But um, when they remade season of the witch in 2011 with uh, Nick Cage, I've never seen it. My dad's seen it. He's like, it wasn't bad. I was like, okay, but it's certainly not this. You know, couldn't imagine Nicolas Cage chewing his way through there because no one buying him as a doctor. So, you know, he was an EMT. Barely buy him as. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I'm that doesn't barely, that doesn't matter really with Nicolas Cage. He'll he'll play anything. He doesn't care. It's it's just Nicolas Cage as. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's like when Nicolas Cage was as Superman. But oh wait, that didn't happen, except in those test shots. That would have been sweet. I don't know. It <laughs> okay. might have also been an absolute train wreck. But who knows? Yeah, but it would have been interesting to have seen. It might have been made made life easier for Superman Returns and. <laughs> Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Ah, uh, uh, no, no, it wouldn't have. <laughs> nah, it would have just paved the way. It would have been the training ground for future okay. future haters. I, I failed. I, I think it's great that you can waiting until I have late to match the movies I like. So that's cool. <laughs> oh, I know. I wasn't trashing them. I'm just saying they they might have they might have people might not have. Uh, complained as much if if Nicolas Cage had gotten his go as uh, the Superman movie. I don't I haven't seen the documentary about it yet, it's but great. it did it did sound like it was a train wreck in the making. Yeah. I, I can't I, imagine that it would have been good. Dude, just just some saying when you see what the the costuming looked like and Nicolas Cage with the hair just was I just don't know if that would have worked well, but It looked Batman you know. and Robin y to me. Yeah, but then you would see all the design work that Tim Burton had all these artists doing for all the weird alien shit, and it's like, oh, man, that would have been cool. Yeah. But I'm saying you just never know what would happen there, you know, kind of thing. It's like, because um, they're definitely, the way the superhero movies at that time were definitely very different than superhero movies have become, no matter what, you know, what you might think of. Right. Um, you know, the 
the clean, you know, this, this, you know, the clean, shiny world that Marvel has, or the, you know, uh, dark and uh, you know, kind of grungy world that DC likes to live in a lot of times, and which is, you know, fine. Again, um, we, well, I mean, we've talked about this stuff before on many different roundtables and stuff like that, um, and we talk about like the Marvel movies or the different things like those. It, you know, the certain movies you know if, if if the tone of your movie is light and air you know it's bright and whatever that's fine but it doesn't work for everything you know what i'm saying and and um dc has made a conscious decision to make their movies different than the way marvel does and if people don't like that that's their choice and if people like it it's fine i mean you know uh as it is you know, Haley sat the other day and watched suicide squad with me and she's like because she likes harley quinn and uh she's watching the movie and she's like Oh, this is cool! Like, she and and it, she goes, well, it's, it's really rainy or it's really dark. It's really whatever you know, kind of thing. And I was like, well, yeah, it's not like Marvel movies. They're they're different. They don't they're not the same. They're not telling the same story, different characters. So, but that's another that's another podcast for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can see in uh, this, obviously, uh, you know, they, you know, they they talk about things you know taking place on this day and stuff. They keep putting the dates up, but you know, he's waiting for the autopsy report. And it's not like, you know, it says like, you know, October 27th, and then it says October 28th. It's like October 27th, October 30th. It's like, holy crap, three days. Like, it's an odd time. What else is going on in your town where the guy who decides to set himself on fire is not the number one thing you're trying to solve, you know, kind of thing? Well, and she's also just lackadaisically saying, like, oh, I don't know. There doesn't seem to be any body parts in, you know. I mean, that would have been a big red flag, I think. Exactly. She also wasn't supposed to be doing it. She was sneaking around trying to get him information on the sly. Right, but I'm saying, but think about it. But if she wasn't supposed to be doing it, the other guy wasn't doing it either. What other major things are you putting ahead of the game there than the guy who tried to burn it, who burnt the car up? And, but that would be who you're trying to figure What the hell's going on here? Let's figure this out. But uh, All I know is Chalice went from two, 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 you know, uh, a, a new girlfriend and she was ready for dinner with him to both of them gone and probably most of the kids gone too. So, yeah, he went from the top of the world to the bottom real real quick yeah well you know things don't always work out well in a carpenter no. film. but would we want it to would we have wanted a bright shiny ending on this one not on this I one i wouldn't have because that means those kids would have lived it's it's a supernatural it's a supernatural paranoid thriller it's gotta end on a downbeat note that's just that's like a given yeah, for yeah. It. it. Otherwise, where's the horror element of it? You know, it, yeah. it becomes was, an action I'll, movie if the kids don't I was, turn I was bugs. Little, I was a little horrified we didn't get a full-on nude scene from Ellie, but hey, what can you do? She is really good. That was that was a. I don't know how many times they did that shot, but she was very good at getting out of the shower, wrapping up. And keeping that towel just over every every sort of no no area, until she could get yeah. to the bed and wrap in the blanket. It was that was d- done in one nice, smooth shot. You say no no, I say yes yes. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, <oui. laughs> no, I did Should've that earlier. Should have done that beforehand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's another, that's another movie altogether. Like 
it's weird. You know where we're coming from here. That's it. Oh, Sorry, man. I watched so. Clue last night, and it was the same joke was in that, and it was like that would be so much as an adult. <laughs> well, any any final thoughts on on the season of the witch? Uh, it's always the season of the witch for me. I know. Always, it's the best. No, I, this the most I, wonderful I really time of the year. <clears throat> yeah, I I do love this one. I it does have that that grimy, low budget, paranoid, creepy feel. I love the music in it. I think it's got some of the best Carpenter music. Um, especially that opening where it's like synced up with the VGA lines forming on the the pumpkin. Uh, it's it's really good. Love the stings in it. Yeah, Just... I, and I love. There's even evil music for the the surveillance cameras. Back in the day when surveillance cameras were scary and and foreboding and high tech. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they got cameras. Uh, yeah, this one is this one is fun though. This is. But if someone's not a horror fan, you might be able to get them to watch this one because it's really it's not a slasher movie. It's its own thing. Um, and you know, you have to wonder if they didn't call this Halloween, would it have made some more money? Probably. Right. But then again, it only got made because it's called Halloween. So there's the, the catch 22 of it all. It is, uh, like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a fun one. And it's, uh, ever since I first saw it on cable years and years and years ago, I think I only came through midway through the first time I watched it. So it was like, what the hell is going on? So <laughs> ever since yeah. then, I've been sucked into this one. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a it's a yearly or pretty much a yearly rewatch for me. So, I mean, it, 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 they could have called it Sam Hain season of the witch. I mean, and people didn't know what Sam Hain really was, probably necessarily or whatever. But I mean, the name Halloween all kind of lent lent it that kind of, you know, hey, we're part of this whole thing. And people again, I, that's why people were disappointed because there was no Michael Myers because they kind of expected to be like that. Because by '82, you know. Um, uh, it, it was just the idea, like this guy was in the other ones. Like, how is, you know, how come he's not here? Whatever. This movie itself, uh, as a, as a standalone movie, is is very good. Um, it doesn't have to do anything else. The fact that Halloween is anything but, in this case, a, a movie, right? Um, but I think I think what happens is sometimes it gets kind of lost in the shuffle. AMC will often play um, like Halloween, Halloween Two. They'll play them all, like all oh, they have them all. But then, then they then they replay four and five over and over and over oh, again. No. Uh, Kelly Kelly hates them. Kelly, for there was one time they were on every time when Kelly and I were just dating back in the day. She's like, "This is on again." It's like, "What's on?" I I, I just kind of keep it on for noise, um, because you know. I mean, but the problem is I wound up knowing those movies inside and out. Yeah. But they used to not show Halloween three, which is a shame because this was the one that like. Like, what was there? I mean, there's not anything you have to really cut out for it. For I mean, you got to put commercials in it, but that's about it yeah. for cable, you know. So, but it's a good movie. I actually picked up the Blu-ray of it. I bought it off on the Two True Freaks website. Uh, excuse me, the Two True Freaks website. I went to the Amazon link and I went and picked up the to the um, collector's Shrewd. edition. Right? Nice. Yeah, I did. And then I all then I bought the box set. So now I have the special edition, which has all the special features and all stuff like that. And I have the, the regular box set of all the Halloween movies, um, which I also uh, can, you can also can get on the Amazon by going through that link. But the nice part about the disc, the Blu-ray, uh, the Blu-ray special edition that Shell, or excuse me, Scream Factory put out, um, it's super clean. Like you definitely, they they definitely you know do their great job of cleaning everything up and stuff like that. But it's got a whole bunch of of um, 
you know, interviews and stuff like that. Uh, um, and it also has one of the hol- the, uh, the horror hollow grounds, where it's the locations of the movie, um, where they go through and do that stuff. Um, I know some people are interested in that stuff. I'm not. That's not a thing for me all the time. But I know some people want like things like on like Chud. They have them going through the streets of New York, and they, here's where we shot this, and we shot this. And to some people, that's really cool and interesting. They include all that stuff on there, which is cool. Um, but it's not exactly the uh, uh, you know um, you know what to me the selling point for the disc. But the nice part was it really clean. Because if you're watching this on an old VHS, like an old school VHS. It, and some of those dark scenes, it's real dark, you know, kind yeah. of thing, you know. Um, but that's so that's the nature of the beast, and I think that's part of what happens with these kind of things. So um, if you haven't seen this movie, I would advise you to go watch this movie because, again, we talked a bunch about it, and I know we joke around and stuff like that sometimes, but it's well worth your time watching. It's, you know, it's 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 not – you don't have to – you don't have to ever seen one or two to even appreciate this one. You can just sit down and watch it, you know, and uh, be able to get some out of it because, again – you don't really need to know anything about the rest of the series. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's it, all of like 99 minutes, you know, so. Yeah. You it's, like my, it's my second, fa- second favorite Halloween movie. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, maybe there'll be some viral article on some clickbait site that's like, Halloween 3 is worth a second view and maybe it'll get some uh, posthumous love. Hopefully not a remake. Yeah. It's fine as it is. I don't know. You could probably do this again now, and it'd be like because everybody's got a friggin' tablet and a smartphone and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bluetooth and yeah. oh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, like you could absolutely redo this now, and it, it would be worldwide. Yeah, you know? yeah. He would just have an right. app. <laughs> it would yeah, be the Silver Shamrock app. Well, but it's kind of like the movie The Signal. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. The, yeah. Or and, and and Stephen King's thing, the the cell, the cell. Everyone, yeah. everyone on their cell phone and stuff. But I mean, but it makes perfect sense, and it kind of lends itself to be updated. Um, you know, it'd be a lot less cell phone, a lot less uh, you know payphones being used. I can guarantee that. <laughs> so, because there are no more payphones, um, not real payphones. Anyway, Only this so. time they'll show us how they stole the rock from Stonehenge. That would be the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it'll be the, the the crack commando squad of guys of, 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 of the guys in the suits. Yeah, and they'd steal the whole Stonehenge. Yeah, <laughs> take it all. <laughs> Pick up all the land, everything. Excellent, uh, Luke. Can, do, can you hear us at all? Do you want to try to go watch season of the witch? It's awesome. It's all, all that needs to be said. There you go. <laughs> that man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> that was like the signal coming back from the future in uh in uh what was it, Master uh, of Darkness? Prince, Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness, yeah. yes. Oh great, I only have nightmares about that. That's the part of the movie that freaks me out the most. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. <laughs> Spiders. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> hey, at least at least it wasn't the uh, at least it wasn't the, the uh, ventriloquist doll talking to him. Oh yeah, um, Charlie McCarthy. You, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Night hero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you pee. Stonehenge, where the demons dwell, where the banshees live and they do live well. Stonehenge, where a man is a man and the children dance to the pipes of Pan.
If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two true freaks. Stop it, please, for God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to please stop it. Stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Stop it.